We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We're in for a quick Thursday show before everything you know goes crazy with the schedule tonight. I meant to get something posted uh, earlier. If you have not, uh, if you have not noticed lately, the the timing of episode release has been a little funky, and I I do apologize for some of you out there who like to have these sort of regimented scheduled, and you like to to listen to them at a certain time. I promise I'll get back on track. I will say again, having a puppy on top of the the two kid situation at the house not making things the easiest for getting things recorded but we'll get through this best time to do these sorts of things is in the off season and that's when we're doing them I wanted to come on and chat about the schedule kind of predictions what's out there what's not the Browns were shut out of some of the prime time slots luckily a couple things the Browns avoided Going overseas, which there are a myriad of overseas games this year, including the you know in Tottenham uh, Stadium and uh, over in London and, and some some games in Germany, and the Browns were left out of those. Actually, Jacksonville stays over there twice this year, so uh, for a two week stay, I, I'm pretty I feel pretty good about the Browns not having to make those treks overseas. Like Miami Kansas City is a huge game, and I think that game's being played in Germany or something of the sort. Like I I mean. That's a great situation for the Browns not to make that trip. And I and I saw today, or yesterday, maybe you guys saw it too, they're actually one of the teams that are more fortunate in terms of uh, their situation and traveling. They only end up going like 14,000 miles this year traveling. That, that includes the two longest trips for them are games at L.A. against the Rams and then out in Denver, which I think the Browns are working really diligently, and hopefully it pans out on the schedule to have those games back-to-back because it alleviates the travel stress and you can stay out on the West Coast, go mountain time to Pacific time and make that work. So we'll see if that shakes out the right way. But those are the furthest ones. The Bengals are the team that goes the least amount of miles, I think 11,000. And I think I saw that Seattle, who leads the league, goes like 30,000 miles. So moral of the story, less travels better, less leaving your own time zone, the better. And the Browns are, again, like a, the bottom six team in terms of how many miles they'll have to travel this year. The schedule sets up pretty favorably. We know that the NFL likes to give the Browns 
uh, and usually the divisions, early games and late games, it does seem like the one thing I'm confident in saying when looking at the schedules that the Browns will open with the Bengals, and it seems like from the insiders leaking these things on social, uh, they're going to get a home game 1 o'clock opening kick against the Bengals. Again, that's all over Twitter right now. I'm not here to confirm or deny it, but if that's the case, that is a fantastic home opener to have at Cleveland Browns Stadium now. Again, renamed Cleveland Browns Stadium. It's a nice start. You know, I, I, again, you don't you don't really know who you're going to get. You want like the Browns obviously have struggled on season opening games, and you would maybe want more of like a Cardinals or Titans sort of less daunting game. But I do think opening with the Bengals brings a heightened awareness, a hyper focused scenario for the Browns week one. It'll be huge. I know Cincinnati played. I think they played in. Pittsburgh last year on in the opener and lost I think they lost that game where Joe Burrow threw four interceptions or something they struggled in that opener so I like it I like getting the Bengals and getting them at home as well a nice advantage where the Browns haven't had a home opener since that Titans debacle I think back in 2019 so it should be a really exciting scenario here we don't again as the the TV rights change this year we don't exactly know who will be hosting that but if they get the Bengals the way we're expecting it to be based on things that are out there on social, it's a, it's, a really fun, uh, it's a really fun opener because the Bengals obviously are one of the favorites in the AFC and obviously the division favorite. It'd be a great chance for the Browns to come out, show where they're at against the division's best. Obviously, two straight years of winning the AFC North for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then they should get the, the Steelers and they should get the Ravens relatively early too to get another barometer uh, situation there. But the, the, the two games that I really hope the Browns get early – uh, teams that I think you want to catch them early is the the Cardinals before they get Kyler Murray back. Not that I expect the Cardinals to be very good, but I do think getting them with a backup quarterback is a good scenario. And then also with the Titans and 49ers, I would like to see those teams relatively early too. Maybe the Titans a little later because they could end up starting Will Levis at some point, but preferably 49ers before Brock Purdy returns. We'll see what Trey Lance looks like or what the scenario is there where they're in a bit of a a flux, a fluctuating situation at quarterback based on some of the battles that might happen there. But, you know, Purdy obviously is coming back from whatever the, the Tommy John or whatever surgery he had to have because of the injury in the playoff game. That would be a really nice scenario for the Browns to get the 49ers and, and uh, Cardinals early. That would be my hope. Otherwise, as far as like primetime games go, I don't expect them to have a ton, maybe maybe two or three. The, obviously, the West Coast trips are going to be in those better slots, the four o'clock slots, because they're on the other side of the country. But yeah, maybe maybe two, maybe three, a maximum of four. I don't think they're going to get that many. I think they're going to be seeing a lot of one o'clock games. But uh, for the most part, again, should be a good schedule. I think they got a lot of really winnable games on that schedule this year, as we know. But as we play the game early in the year, looking at predicting wins and losses and things of that nature, so much of it is timing when you run into a team versus how they're playing or how their injury situation looks. So, we'll, we'll, you know, obviously that's the biggest the biggest thing. So uh, we'll see. It, it looks favorable right now. I think the, the people out in Vegas give them one of the easier schedule marks. I can see and understand why. They're a bounce-back team. Uh, we'll see how they navigate it. So much pressure this year. Got to get things right on so many different fronts. We'll see and hope and keep our fingers crossed they do that. But as far as just the look of the schedule, you feel pretty good about it. We will obviously be doing a Twitch show tonight. Uh, it'll also be on YouTube Live. We'll, the OBR staff will be going through the schedule based on what the NFL puts out. Talk through it. Go through the quirks. Everything around it. Check us out. Be there. 8 o'clock tonight. YouTube, Twitch. We'll cover it from every angle. Myself, Andrew Spade, 
And then I think Brad Ward will also be there as well. So check us out there. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So what I wanted to hit on next is a couple different things. I wanted to let you guys know about um, some tryouts. So the Browns are having DeAndre Johnson from the Roughnecks of the XFL in for a tryout. Uh, as we know, our Brad Stainbrook noted that XFL's Defensive Player of the Year, PETA, uh, in, I'm going to struggle with this one. I think it's Tui Mopinu, uh defensive end. They brought him in for a tryout. We haven't heard anything about whether they were uh, able to sign any of these guys yet, but those were tryouts that happened. And then they were connected to outside linebacker Trent Harris as well as the Ravens and Vikings. So another name to keep in mind. Uh, Cardinals claim Ben Stilley, so the Browns who had brought him in from the Dolphins practice squad during last season when they were in the midst of the debacle at defensive tackle. He's claimed by the Cardinals as the Browns continue to try to reshape that room. I actually saw today in the the rankings of positions across the NFL, I think ESPN is doing it. They have the Browns as 24th uh, as the interior defensive line group. Ahead of two teams, I would not have expected Dallas, who has had some nice success and also drafted uh, Mozzie Smith uh, from Michigan, and then uh, also in front of the Ravens, which is really interesting. Maybe something we'll dig into more as we do our positional breakdowns later in the offseason, and we'll kind of use those as a barometer to go through. But surprised by that as they continue to reshape maybe even some more signings uh, that could p- potentially happen there uh, as well. Another thing, noteworthy news that came out just uh, over the course of the last 24 hours, Deshaun Watson once again taking the offense on a trip 
you know, going to a destination. Puerto Rico, I believe, is where he is taking the offense this year. I don't know. I think I can't remember exactly where they went last year, but another tropical destination to try to form a bond with that group. Uh, you know, like I said, I like the I like the angle. I like continuing to do that. So uh, let's let's listen. Let's shift over to our last topic of the day, which is sort of my comprehensive review of Siaki Ika or Apu Ika is what we should get used to calling him as Apu because that's what that's what he goes by. So I posted that film room for VIP subscribers yesterday, uh, kind of late in the day, so you might have missed it. Uh, went through a ton of games. All right, so I went through. These take a while, you know, you might want them quicker and maybe the, the, the former Jake who has less kids and animals in his life could have done these quicker, but I, I watch a lot. So two games of Oklahoma State, 21 and 22, West Virginia in 21 and 22, Texas in 2021, Ole Miss in 2021, K-State uh, 2022 game and Oklahoma 22 and Iowa State 22. I try to get as big a, and broad a picture I can of the player as possible. So uh, of, of his 42 games played uh, especially those in uh, I think it was 24 started most of those were at Baylor I tried to consume like eight to ten of every player the Browns drafted so I have an idea of who they are so uh, Ika as I noted here you can go through it if you're a subscriber you can see some of the athletic comparisons uh, the size stuff what the Browns think of his general size and where they want him to play potentially what Schwartz general thought process is around guys losing weight when they come into the organization uh, and again, some of his closer comparisons listed in there as well. But what stood out to me, okay, strengths that I noticed. The run defense, at times, he can be so sudden, uh, alarmingly sudden for a guy his size. And I left more impressed with the run defense uh, and, and some of the natural things he can do where he can he can sort of move laterally, stack shed and release and get to a ball carrier. He can shoot a gap upfield and disrupt a play in the backfield. He did a nice job with that. He uses a long arm sometimes to take on moving blockers. Uh, not great against anchoring moving double teams, but if you're downhill running at him, think duo in the NFL, he actually anchors pretty well, gets good torque in the lower uh, lower quadrants of his body and then up to his back to anchor those. I don't think he is very good at, you know, like I said, whether that's a double team in tight zone where they're moving a little bit laterally or wide zone a lot wider. That's where I think he has to figure out how to drop, anchor, split. That's something he has to get better at because the NFL, it's not usually all downhill. There's still some teams. It's not quite Big 12 football where it's sideline to sideline, but it's still uh, it's still you know going to have that outside zone movement stuff and gap down moving players. So if it's at him, he does well with with uh, anchoring. But I think if it's moving stuff, that's where he has to get better. But I left feeling pretty good about some of the things he's able to put on film for run defense, where he can shoot through, make uh, make disruptions happen. Does a good job feeling out schemes too, which I thought you know whether that's a a backside guard pulling around and where that's going to displace somebody. He's got that quick swim move. The quick swim move is what he's best at in pass rush. But I think that he also uses it in run game a little bit decently. He did show more long arm bull rush stuff than I anticipated, and especially in his really uh, tough run. I don't know if he was just more disinterested in 22 than he was in 21 because the the team wasn't playing as well, the record wasn't going as strongly. But there was a stretch there in 2021 where he was unblockable. The Ole Miss game is phenomenal tape, and I, I don't again that that's rooting out the interest issue or why 22 wasn't as good as 21. That's for the Browns to figure out. But if they're getting that version of late 2021, or if they can tap into it or figure out how to do it, 
that's the stuff that you really like. Like he can disrupt uh, big portions of football games when he's on the field. And I think he played too much. 40 snaps is too many for a guy 350 pounds. If you can get him in the 15 to 25 snap range playing shade or putting him at nose and letting him just bully centers uh, who are typically a little smaller in the NFL, you got a real chance here with him. I can see how he fits in the rotation. Uh, again, what do you like? Power, but surprising speed to the power for a guy his size. And I think that's going to catch a lot of guys off at the NFL levels, just how at times he can be really sudden. And there are times where he'll sort of hover at the line of scrimmage and pass rush where he doesn't really make much of anything happen. I don't love those reps. And there are some times where he'll take himself out of a run scheme because he tries to shoot a gap. Uh, and we'll see what the Browns like to do there. I know he's spent more time two-gapping at, at, at Baylor, but there were times where the front would dictate that he had to play one gap, and he would really try to be aggressive there. There is some missed tackle stuff. If you look at 2022, I think he lunges and leaves his feet a little bit too much when trying to make tackles at certain parts where he needs to break down and just uses sheer body size to disrupt a run scheme. I don't think the missed tackles are terrible, but there are some where his arms just don't... You know, some guys have heavier arms when they're trying to tackle, and they'll get an arm on a thigh board or get their arm on a foot, and it'll bring a guy down. He doesn't seem to have that. Doesn't mean he's not strong. He just doesn't seem to have that part of it. So I I do think that as long as those missed tackles are disruption-based, where they're in the backfield or changing a guy's complete direction of run, that's okay. What you don't want him doing is just being sort of a, a, a falling body who can't you can't move a running back off his course and you're you're getting you know shook and short in sort of those short area uh, in a phone booth where you end up not making the tackle that you need to make because you're solo or not changing the course of a guy or slowing him down for a teammate to come and clean it up so those are the things that we noted the missed tackles the pass rush stuff where if his his initial move doesn't work he doesn't seem to have some sort of counter plan he did add a spin move in a little bit in 22 which I'd like to see him keep adding to because it was a pretty sudden movement it's just I don't think he's quite comfortable with it yet but again what do you think he can do I think early he's a two down starter in a four three where he can be a shader and nose you can get creative with him in past situations I don't want him playing a ton to start but if you do you want him to use him as that zero in an odd front where you're bringing on a dimebacker or getting more db heavy and you want to blitz from a bunch of wide different angles and create chaos off of it I think he could be a nice nose guard for you in those in that odd front but at the minimum to me, as he starts, he's got to be a two-down guy who they think can be a, a key part of the rotation. Like I said, 15 to 25 is a, is a number I would love for them to hit with him, but you could see them maybe going 20 to 30, depending on what his conditioning looks like. I know, again, he was at 335 at the Combine, comes back at the Pro Day 347. Where does that where does that settle? I think the weight is the biggest thing for me. Where does the weight settle? Did he get bored in 2022 going back to Baylor when he shouldn't have less talent around him as far as the total team? The winning didn't happen. Those are things that we don't know, but we'll have to see if he can ultimately do it. So the weight is it, man. The weight the weight, and how strong he can get and, again, how north-south he can get as a one-gap or one-and-a-half-gap defender uh, will, will certainly tell the tale. I, I will say this. Generally, I left surprised. I think he ended up looking a lot better quicker more sudden in scenarios now there are scenarios where he doesn't look so sudden but I left feeling relatively positive about it okay so I I think that there's a role for the guy and his ceiling if he gets to the point where his body's in the right you know the the comfortable with his body weight it gets to the right size for what he can do as as an athlete and that's what Jim Schwartz talked about you want guys to play where they're comfortable not where they're uncomfortable get to the point of comfort but also explosive and be able to play early downs, mix in some third downs, and find a specific role for him. 
I can see him being a part of the rotation. And for pick 98 to be part of the rotation, that is a fantastic outcome. So uh, I left feeling better about Ika than I did when I went into it as I only watched a few games from his uh, scouting stuff before. Um, and I, I really wonder how much the Browns are looking at 2021 for him. My, much like you know Cedric Tillman looking more at 2021 and saying, that's the guy we're getting. How do we get that out of him? Because his issues in 22 weren't injury-based like Tillman. It was seemingly something else. Not as dominant as he went. He had games, like the Kansas State game, he was very good. Tough to block. But not consistently the way he was in 2021. So we'll sort of leave it at that. I think, again, pick 98, I get it. I think it could work out. It could be a part of the rotation. It's not a Pro Bowl player. Could, potentially, never know. Uh, There's certainly talent. It's just how much he can harness that talent consistently as an interior guy display some of the flashes that we see at the college level. But again, upside here, I see it. We'll see if the athleticism limitations and how they play out with the, with the best of the best offensive linemen in the world and the NFL. But again, you know, with, with why Schwartz was so excited, what he liked about him, kind of adding in all the elements of, of power and speed amongst a wider body and run game, uh, given what was there and maybe not wanting to go ahead and take Addy out of Bawari because of some of the other uh, you know, a mixture of just complete run game failure. Maybe they don't even see him as an inside guy. I get where they're coming from. I get where they're coming from. Not that I love it. Not that I love the pick, but I certainly see more after watching the game of how it makes sense for them, what they're thinking. We'll see if their vision comes true. That's it for today. I will check in with tomorrow's Twitch show. We'll replay that for you with all the scheduled thoughts on quirks and everything around it. So, um, yeah, should be fun. Should be a fun show. Join us at 8 o'clock tonight. We'll get you a DTR film room over the weekend. I have thoughts on Deshaun Watson and the six-game sample size that I'm going to write up for you tomorrow at the OBR and some of the confirmation bias that's going on around that. Uh, six games that people are drawing so many conclusions from. So check that out tomorrow. Like I said, Dorian Thompson-Robinson film room because it's quarterback week at the OBR will be up over the weekend as well. So check that out. Stop by. I will have, uh, again, uh, I think we'll have the last part, part three, where we should have the Isaiah McGuire piece and Lonnie Phelps as well for your uh, for your weekend Saturday show. So that would be part three of the draft introduction series, the final piece, as we should have every interview done by that point uh, and every player talked about. So check that out on Saturday. But getting a little ahead of ourselves. Should be a fun night. NFL schedule tonight. Join us at the OBR. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great Thursday. Go Browns.